0: Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts, people that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malkin. and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as newsman, wordsmith, contrarian, idealistic cynic, publisher of at crikey underscore news, matters of the third and fourth estates, arts of the performing kind. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than one hundred and forty characters. Please welcome today's addition to the Humans of Twitter list, Jason Whittaker. Hello there, Jason. Hello, welcome. Please, can I start by asking, in social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Oh, oh, uh, in terms of my profession
1: or just generally? Yeah, let's
0: go with both.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um. I mean, I look. If someone asked me what I do, I would say I'm a journalist. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'd probably, I'd, I'd, I mean, i probably lead with that anyway. I think. I mean, I, I quite, um, as as much as it is a reviled field in many ways, I think we rank down there with uh, used car salesmen and and uh, kind of ambulance chasing mm-hmm. lawyers. Um, I uh, I quite like being associated with it. I'm quite proud of the profession, even if yeah. I'm not proud of some of the parts of it uh so Mm. i tend to lead with
0: it good and do you find that you cop much of the uh, aforementioned you know oh you're a journalist kind of stuff yeah sometimes
1: um i think if you don't if you're not particularly engaged with the media you um you you, I mean, I get a lot of, oh, you know, like at the Herald Sun or or, or, or the Daily Telegraph, um, which might be the only kind of media that people know of, or, or um, you know, uh, the the six pm news, a current affair. Sometimes you get sure. um, the answer to all of that is no. Um, so yes, I mean, you do you do kind of get associated with some of the worst parts of it.
0: Sometimes that's that's true. There are some really good parts to being a journalist and things that journalist, journalists do, though, isn't there? Well, I, I
1: mean, clearly I, I believe that uh, because I've um, <laughs> seemingly <laughs> devoted um, uh, my my life to it. So, um, yeah, no, I, that, I mean, that's my opinion. Um, and it's the opinion of most of the people I work with and most of the people I've met.
0: So, uh, yeah, we think so. Being... Being the boss of journalists, as you are in, in being a, a publisher, there's a whole other layer of responsibility that falls on you as far as the content, that the, pub- the publication that you're responsible for puts out, though, isn't there?
1: Uh, that's true. Um, legally, I go to jail if um, if we screw up, which I've, I've always got in the back of my head um, because I, I just don't think I'd do very well in jail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so yes, I, I am ultimately responsible, but I, uh, I, have, I have a lot of trust in, in the people that I work with, um, and uh, I've been kind of steering ships for a while, and I have not come close to jail, so uh, I think I'm going okay.
0: But, well, that's important. Clearly, we're not talking like we're having a conversation and you're not in jail, so there's a, a positive to start with.
1: Well, well, indeed, um, or, or, or I'm making one of those, uh, you know, one call a week sort of deals on the on the payphone. Uh, but no, I'm not.
0: I'm 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 not in jail. What prompted you to throw your hat in the ring when the role as publisher of Crikey came up? Um, I um, that's not an
1: answer. That's a lot of Rs and ums. I, I think I'm pretty I've always been pretty ambitious and I've always looked for the next thing. Um, and this was the next thing. Um, I have edited publications, I've edited magazines and websites and um and have been exposed to the commercial side of the business quite a lot and have been involved in uh, the sort of strategic decision making around. Products and readerships and and the the business side, um, but but never kind of in in a role that was entirely responsible for it, which is basically what I am now. So it was just the next step, basically. Um, and you know, I have a I have a <clears throat> excuse me, you know, a relationship with Crikey that's kind of six or seven years old now. I came on as. Yes. The deputy and the editor. Uh, I was the editor for a couple of years, um, and there aren't uh, there aren't all that many publications that um, you know that I that I that I think are doing interesting things that are that are trying to be at the forefront of this um, ridiculous roller coaster ride of digital media and trying to figure it out and make it work and. Mm. Um, you know even maybe uh, inform and entertain a public at the same time um there aren't uh there aren't all that many out there and uh and it's uh you know being being in media at the moment is 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 frustrating and exciting in in roughly equal measure um mm-hmm. in in that uh it's incredibly hard to make a buck right now and to figure mm. all this stuff out uh, but we're inventing new models every day and we get to invent them and that's um, that's pretty interesting
0: how are you finding you know that this digital only model that this is the only way crikey existed isn't it
1: it is for uh, about 16 years now
0: and in, in in that we always are hearing from um, you know other other publications, papers, you know, particularly there's the ongoing spat between uh, Fairfax and news limited over, uh, uh, you know, if you read any of the media columns from either of them and, the, and that sort of thing, this one's claiming this one uh, has giving up on the, you know, the printed paper game and they're going digital uh, sooner than they thought. And they're not, you know, forward looking. Whereas look at us, we're doing great. And all of those sorts of things. Sure. Um, you guys get to say, well, oh, hang on, we've always been there and doing that. And, and yeah, it's tough, but we're making a pretty decent go of it. What's the problem? Uh, That's true, but that
1: would um, grossly underestimate our own challenge and and the challenge that all digital publications have. I mean, certainly, you know, you don't, from a business perspective, you you don't want to be saddled with print media. It's incredibly expensive and its death is inevitable. Um, But, you know, we, we thought that, we could do what we did in print online and the revenue would follow and it, and it just hasn't. Um, We we invented models around display advertising uh, online, which kind of worked for a while and increasingly are not working. Um, And so the challenges of digital and making a buck out of digital are, are huge um and and you know I'd, I'd rather be at a digital publisher than a print publisher in, t- in terms of setting a business up for the future but it's super hard where we are as well to to figure all this out
0: it, it i would imagine as someone who's a, a pretend digital publisher <laughs> uh, myself but certainly not nowhere near the scale of what you're trying to deliver uh, and those of your competitors Um, I would imagine that some of the challenges that come um, get to be more difficult because there's no rule books. You can't go to Oh, well, this is how forever, you know, this is how journalism and and newspapers solved that problem. We have to come up with a better way to do this Um, in the same way that the death of newspapers for some people is almost a, a brain snapping intangible because but we've always printed a paper.
1: Sure, sure, and uh, I mean, yeah. As, as I said earlier, I mean, we are um, we are absolutely making this stuff up as we go along, um, which which um, sounds ludicrous, but um, we are, and, and Fairfax is, and News Corporation are. I mean, the best media companies are making this up as we go along. There is no blueprint for how you set up a sustainable newsroom in the digital world. Um, and look, we we are sustainable, and and there's a lot of newsrooms that are sustainable. But but in terms of maintaining that position and trying to grow a business, trying to grow a readership, um, you know, that's that's problematic and challenging. And in some ways, we're all in the same boat in, in terms of trying to figure all that out.
0: Good luck to you, my friend.
1: Thank you. Um, Uh, And and I I appreciate that, but I would appreciate it more if you also took out a subscription at crikey.com.au (laughs) slash subscribe at the low, low price of $189 a year. Um, That would help me even
0: more. A bargain. Cheaper at half the price, people. Absolutely. It's it's required though, isn't it? Like this subscription is, is that's how you get Crikey. You get involved, you pay your money and you read it. And there's so much content that's there. It is actually, it's really great
1: well we like to think so um and it's uh you know we we are again we are lucky in the sense that we do have a dedicated readership that's prepared to pay for it and that is mm. almost still kind of a unique thing at, at least in terms of digital publishers there aren't all that many out there that have kind of pay for view models like we have so we are lucky um that we have people prepared to pay for this uh we'd like there to be a whole lot more and and that's our that's our challenge.
0: If we don't pay for it, and, oh, this isn't meant to be as morbid as it's about to sound. But if we don't pay for it, it's going to go away, isn't it? So, look, it's money where your mouth is, material. Po-
1: po- look, potentially, I mean, and, and and publishers like the Guardian will tell you that they can do what they do and never charge readers for it. Um, and I'm pretty skeptical about that. I'm, I'm, you know, they, their financial model is. Are pretty broken, and and the thing is bleeding money. And I don't kind of signal them, single single them out to be to be mean. I'm I'm just making the point that those who think that um, they can uh, set up a model and 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 not kind of have it the the heart of it, um, putting a value on the journalism you do. Uh, yeah. I think that's an incredibly tough road.
0: Well, the, the Guardian not unlike. News Corp Limited. I can't even remember what they are at the moment. Um, they they have a, a pile of money that they're trying not to draw on that help keep the lights on for them. As, as essentially, aren't they?
1: Uh, they do, and and um, lucky them. But um, yeah, gosh, it's uh, you know, and and if that was there for the next hundred years, fantastic. Um, but uh, there's no signs from the business that that's necessarily the case. In fact, the business is going through all sorts of really brutal cost cutting uh in the uk and in the us and and uh, not in australia yet but who knows so uh i think the business has has started to realize that we can't rely on old rich white men to to uh fund what we do every day forevermore. um that this business has to be more sustainable than it is and they're um, kind of setting off on that path. But, but doing it without putting a price on your journalism, I think, is is going to be a really hard road.
0: Apart from the transition to digital or even a fully digital experience, as yours is right now, what for you has been um, one of the more significant changes, even positive, if you want to put it that way, changes in journalism in your career? Uh, look, I i mean this thing is moving really really
1: fast and and has changed a lot over the um you know even the the 12 or 14 years i've been playing around with it um and i guess you know the obviously as you say the, the shift to digital is 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 a, the kind of at the heart of that i think um i think beyond that social media is is probably uh, the one that sticks out in terms of its role in kind of changing how newsrooms operate and changing how content is put together and certainly uh, fundamentally changing how content is distributed. Um, mm. The power of Facebook particularly, um, there are others, but the power of Facebook in this market in terms of engagement and readership um, and distribution is enormous and we haven't figured it out yet. We sometimes think that Facebook's a friend and sometimes we think it's a foe um, and it's probably both and we're still trying to figure it out. But, um, you know, certainly social media, just just at the organic level in terms of being able to engage with readers and readers being able to engage with journalists has, has been a pretty huge shift but certainly from from the business model perspective and the distribution perspective it's enormous
0: has it changed the way that you um build or even the inspire the stories that that you've written
1: yeah i i i think it i think it has um particularly in our sort of space which is a a kind of um Uh, you know, uh, politics is at the heart of what we do. A a lot of that lives on social media. So we are driven by it to some degree. But, you know, like all sources, and and this is, you know, one of the tenets of journalism is is you have to be, uh, you know, have a a dose of cynicism about any source you use. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we all now at least we should, kind of recognise the, the kind of skewed nature of a platform like Twitter um, and, and, and the, the kind of the ability for that to, to be an echo chamber that, that, that isn't particularly inclusive of a whole lot of people. Um, so, you know, it, something like Twitter can be incredibly helpful in terms of finding people to talk to and engaging what's happening in the world following uh, trends but it's also, uh, you know, it also can be an echo chamber. And, and and if it means that journalists are sitting at their desks more and not getting out of the office and talking to people and discovering a world beyond Twitter, then that's clearly a problem.
0: Yes. And as long as they're not writing stories uh, uh, that are two sentences and, you know, eight embedded tweets. Well, Well,
1: indeed, Um, and there's plenty of value in in embedding tweets uh, because there's a lot of really interesting, important people on Twitter from um, uh, leaders and politicians down, but um, uh, the journalism has to go beyond that, absolutely.
0: As a journalist then, someone who has a a very healthy social media life and those sorts of things, and, and, and obviously someone who's happy to have friends and those sorts of things, where's the line between public and private, for you.
1: Uh, in in terms of my personal relationships.
0: Yeah, let's hit that.
1: I mean, I uh, certainly, as journalists, we we, uh, i um, and I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I know this happens to others that that friends and family and and anyone you're talking to can, uh, can be a little worried about talking to a journalist and revealing certain things in front of a journalist um, and I guess I understand that but, but I also I almost find the insult in it as well I mean my philosophy I think most journalists philosophy is pretty simple um, you know I'm, I'm your your friend first or your family member first uh, and, and the journalist second um, yeah. which isn't to say that I might uh, not want to use something you're telling me, but I'm clearly going to ask first. I'm, I'm I'm clearly going to run that by you and and ask if the information you've given me I can actually go and use in some way. Um, which is I think a pretty black and white position. Um, and I think I think my friends and family understand that. But um,
0: I <laughs> let's burn. Them. Yeah,
1: I mean it just uh it's just not going to get you very far. Um, but yeah, look I understand I understand the the um the uh, anxiety sometimes around uh dealing with a journalist
0: do you think that that's because there have been some very clear examples where people maybe haven't held that ethical line as clearly that, that that's why people are apprehensive
1: uh yeah sure I mean there's examples of that every day and 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 journalists are and you know probably not uh, unlike many other professions or, or trades um, journalists are always judged by the worst of our kind um, you know we're, we're judged by the the, the beat up uh, front page on the Daily Telegraph or, or the the, um, the dodgy story on today tonight um, you know we, we we kind of are saddled with the the um, the unethical stories and the the um, the uh, the stories that get facts wrong and the stories that invades people's privacy um, you know but but as as lawyers are, are um, saddled with the, the excesses and, and dodginess of, of some of their um, fraternity, so you know that's just part and parcel. What can't you tolerate, Jason? What can't I tolerate? Um, I think one of the things that I, uh, and and particularly when you kind of uh, sort of engage in social media, I think one of the things I I really struggle to tolerate is extremes of debate and, mm-hmm. um, kind of black and white arguments, uh, and and certainly sort of ideologically led arguments rather than arguments based around kind of genuine personal belief and and yeah. God forbid facts and figures um, hmm. I think I really revile the the um, and sort of rail against the 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 kind of extremes of debate because it just it just is almost always unhealthy um, to to kind of everyone get in their corner and and fight for their side without any sort of concession that uh, maybe your position is not 100% um, uh, sort of foolproof. So, I mean, that's one thing.
0: <laughs> it's a good place to start.
1: Yeah, I think so. Particularly, um, I mean, maybe it's just the, the journalist training to, to kind of look for a sensible centre in things or, or at least, um, you know, talk to both sides or three sides or however many sides there are and, and try and, uh, you know, look for compromise and consensus, um, which is uh, some, some uh, you know, a, a good sort of basis for being in the world rather than just being a journalist, I think.
0: How do we, I mean, we're at, at time of recording, we are the night before the first US presidential election. Yes. And all of the things that you just talked about in, you know, the black and white argument, the you know, to hell with the facts, blah, blah, blah. We've got at least one candidate that lives 99 point whatever percent of his time in that zone. Yes. And yet the American media broadly seem to just be letting him get away with that. So, yes. Like, how does that get to be a thing? Uh,
1: I mean, the, the, the smartest political minds have pondered this thing and, and uh, um, will come up with better answers than I. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I've, I've thought about this and, and, and talked about it with friends and colleagues. I, I think it's... Um, you know the knee-jerk reaction here always is is to is to blame the media and the media is not doing a very good job. And let me tell you, the media hasn't done a very good job in all sorts of ways, in, in a thousand different ways. Um, in in kind of looking at the coverage, there's there's all sorts of stuff that has been, I think, really unhelpful to trying to find the right candidate. Um, but let's remember too that this guy isn't um, a, a fringe dweller. He's not. Um, a, a kind of uh, shouty person in the crowd. He's actually the party's nominee. He's actually the nominee for the President of the United States uh, by the Republican Party, which is to say he he's up there on stage. He has a podium just like the other candidate. And the, uh, the media is, has tied itself in knots, I think, trying to... Report fairly and honestly and, and, and call out the lies and make the pretty obvious point that, that these two candidates aren't the same, that, that there isn't a kind of false equivalency here, that, that one is, is a, a, an experienced public servant and one is not. Um, but at the same time, this is a horse race. This is, this is a 50-50 bet and he is the nominee for, um, you know, a party that that has probably even close to majority support in this nation. So uh, it's a tricky balance and and clearly the media's got it wrong a whole bunch of times, but I think it's maybe harder than people think it is to kind of get this right.
0: Oh, and I do offer that... Um I guess not as a direct criticism, but I do mean broadly. You know, there are there are journalists that are writing even-handed pieces or, or you know, calling Trump to account about different things, as they are Hillary Clinton, because um, she's not golden by any stretch, let's be fair. Um, it's just an amazing time to watch, ultimately, a guy who is, a look, a businessman that has been a reality TV show host play the media... For his benefit, greater than anybody else, I think we've ever seen before, and I include JFK in that, who was our first televised president or their first televised president.
1: Sure, and and uh, you know, talk about um, you know precedents. There's there's no doubt this guy is unlike anything we've ever seen. Um, which which is to say, we're all. Um, we're all making this up as we go along. Certainly, he is. We're
0: all stuffed, is what you say. No, no, We're I'm not. Stuffed. I'm
1: not saying that because um, I I hold out some hope that um, uh, that that people will will kind of come back to the sensible centre, but um, uh, but uh, but you know, it's it's he's he's the nominee. He's the party's nominee, and and we've just never seen anyone like this in in any. Uh, in any form at, at this sort of level. And, and that makes it, uh, well, you know, I think we can kind of be at a distance from it over here and, and just sit back and, and be fascinated by it. Um, mm. I think I'd be more anxious about it if, um, if I was sort of under the regime. But um, its it's been a fascinating case study in all sorts of ways, in politics and certainly in media, as you say, about about how we deal with a guy like this.
0: It's not just jerks like me and journalists like you that are from over here that are watching, though. I mean, if we look at some of our politicians, very clearly there are at least some advisers, if not some sitting, even dare I say newly sitting politicians uh, or recently returned politicians that are paying a lot of attention to how he is working the spin cycle uh, and... You know, hitting hitting his mark and talking directly to the people he wants to talk at, eat every soundbite opportunity he has. And to hell with you, journalists, and your questions, if you're gonna shove a camera and a mic in front of me, I'm gonna say what I want and I don't have to talk to you.
1: Sure. And and um it is a brand of ultra popularism that we are you know, we are familiar with Uh, as as well. And, and, you know, Pauline Hanson's the obvious uh, comparison here. Um, it's, It's remarkably easy to whip up this sort of sentiment when you have an electorate of people that don't feel like they're part of it, that feel like outsiders, that aren't engaged, that aren't uh, well off, um, you know it. Uh, Hanson and and Trump and and look, there have been others in the past, and maybe not as extreme as a Donald Trump, but uh, it's there's there's kind of a, a rule book for how you do this stuff, and and he's doing it incredibly effectively. Hanson's. Done the same. Um, I think we all wrote her off and she is back with a vengeance and she's on the stage and she deserves a microphone because a whole lot of people uh, put her there in a, in a kind of system that we support. So, again, how we deal with that, how the media deals with the kind of false equivalency of a Hanson v. Uh, any other MP is, um, is really interesting
0: very we have some very interesting times ahead i think it's fair to say
1: yeah for if you're a politics junkie um i think uh i mean i i've just been fascinated by um this race and and god it's a marathon i mean we've been watching this for oh, yeah. 18 months two years um it's a it's a wacky system that that just you know no wonder nothing gets done because they just run for things every all day, every day, just they're just always running for office. Um, yes. But uh, but yeah, we've just seen nothing like this, and it's been fascinating. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a politics junkie, and and so I'm utterly, utterly captivated by
0: it. I was intrigued to see uh, an interview with Tom Hanks on Channel Nine's Weekly Flirt Fest that is 60 Minutes. Yes, uh, where he spoke about. Um, I think Alison Langdon brought up here, how would he feel about the idea, the notion of President Trump? And he said, you know what? I think we'll be fine. I thought, man, you are way, too, way more optimistic than I gave you credit for. But in, on reflection, I think he's right in that there are enough checks and balances and enough other people connected and around any White House regime that in the long run, I think America would, would be fine and get through things and, and the rest of it um it's probably just some short term pain that would make things difficult that would fill many university libraries with people's phd theses theses um, as yes. to what happened when <clears throat> trump became president that i think is what maybe is horrifying and shocking
1: yeah look i think uh, i think that's right i mean i would say that because again i'm i'm looking for the um the kind of sensible center and and so you know, I think that the world kind of has a way of writing itself, and and a Donald Trump presidency would uh, uh, probably inevitably uh, burn out in four years, and uh, and the kind of system around him would would uh, you know hopefully prevent us from entering into World War III. Um, and 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 I think you know, I mean, the funny thing about the the U.S. president is is that you know this is this is this is the most powerful office in the world that is. Amazingly, unpowered. At the same time, um, I mean, you know, the 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 right will will point to Obama and say uh, how little he got done in that years. It's true, he didn't actually achieve all that much. The the, the reason is because there's not all that much you can achieve as president. You can uh, you can send people to war, and even then, you need Congress to sign off on the on the uh, the bill to the, to to pay for it. So, yeah. um. You know, uh, he, I mean donald trump would would have a Republican uh, house to deal with probably, and and they might be amiable to some of the things he wants to do, but at the same time they'll um uh, you know they'll stand up to him if if uh, if he goes too far. so, yeah, look i i the the kind of run for the hills, we have to move to Canada sort of uh, philosophy is is not one that I share. I'm sure there'll be
0: donations taken to help him build a wall at some point.
1: Well, certainly Congress won't give him the money. So uh, I, yes. I uh, perha- perhaps um, perhaps he can raise it philanthropically. I'm not sure.
0: Through the Trump Foundation after he's bought some more pictures indeed. of himself. Well, indeed. Um, I, I, I did love it as a ballsy move when he first suggested that he would get Mexico to pay for the wall. I just went, "That man, it, like just taking all of the emotion out of it, that is... That's an incredible move. Convincing another country to pay for a border wall between the two of you. Wow. Well,
1: well, well indeed. And we and you know, we've a lot of us have been in these situations, you know, when you've tried to get the neighbor to to chip in for the fence and uh it's incredibly difficult. Why should they have to pay for the fence? You want the new fence. Um you know, these things don't tend to end well. In fact, they tend to end in a current affairs story. So um <laughs> you know, I just, uh, I just, uh, I mean, it's, it's fanciful. It's, it's completely fanciful I and mean, it's kind of back to the kind of false equivalency argument. You know, you've got one side talking about healthcare and you've got one side talking about a, a kind of infrastructure initiative that, that is just clearly pie in the sky and will never actually happen. Um, and and how can you even treat that seriously as, as, as policy and, and as purpose? It's uh it's really
0: tricky. He's got the best get-out-of-jail-free card ever in making him say that we'll get Mexico to pay for it in that then when the world doesn't get built, it's not my fault. Mexico wouldn't give us the money.
1: Presumably. Presumably that'll be the argument. Yeah, it's, um, it's odd. I, again, it will be fascinating, and if we don't have to kind of live through it and we can kind of just watch it from afar, uh, I mean, you know, comedy writers obviously are, are banking on it, Donald Trump um, oh victory, and and you know journalists, uh, you know, would have half a mind to do the same. Uh, it's it's going to be better copy. There's no doubt about that.
0: Yeah, perhaps the uh, to quote candidate Trump, the failing New York Times uh, could benefit from an increase in uh, newspaper sold or subscribers by just writing more about President Trump. Well,
1: indeed. Indeed. I mean, he's not wrong. The New York Times is failing, but so is everyone else. So, uh, you know, we're all doing our best.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure he meant it failing in that. No, way. I know he, he didn't. No I, no, I know he didn't. Jason, TV, what is capturing your eyes and your heart and your attention at the moment? Oh,
1: and now see this, this, I feel compelled and pressured to. Um, to give the the cool response and and to give the best shows I've I've seen oh, over, over over um, years and decades. Um uh, but but of course I won't be able to remember all of them. I mean I can <laughs> I can tell you what I'm watching at the moment. I um yeah. uh, I'm actually watching uh, the BBC show Happy Valley. Have you have you oh, seen yeah. Happy Valley? Yes. Yes <laughs> um i had ignored it um i mean I, I tend to ignore most bbc stuff because i'm i'm not quite sure uh because i've been indoctrinated into the ways of american culture i suppose um but uh it's just brilliant i mean it's it's kind of police procedural with with such yes. a kind of deep development of character that you just don't actually see on television all that much even though we're supposed to be in the golden age of television Um, So I've um, completely enjoyed that. Um, What else am I watching? I'm watching a sitcom called Casual, which is on the Hulu network in America. um, That is kind of this, in this breed of uh, uh, dramedies, sort of half hour dramedies that aren't, particularly laugh out loud funny, but, but again, uh, kind of uh, developing characters that are really interesting and it's pretty sharp writing and really interesting uh, people on the screen. Um, uh, what else? What else? You're the worst. Again, in that sort of mold, it's kind of a really uh, dirty sitcom um, that is kind of, um outrageous really but but has a real emotional truth to it that uh that you don't often see in terms of particularly in its how it's dealing with relationships how it's dealing with um mental health in the last couple of seasons um yeah. has been really uh surprising for the kind of format um there's three i mean i could talk for hours but uh there's there's three feel free to chime
0: in Three, no, three good choices I will offer. Um, have you found that much more of your content consumption, when it comes to television, is now a streamed or digital or tablet kind of process? I, I have,
1: um, and and I should mention Mister Robot too, which is which is a complete yep. obsession. And and like Mister Robot, I try and do the right thing and find it on the streaming service. Um, yes. So I've been signed up to Presto, which uh, had Mr. Robot for, uh, you know, a couple of months to get through that and and then I'll drop off and I'll um, go back to Stan to watch something else. Um, But it's incredibly frustrating too because there's an awful lot of really great content that we are not seeing on any of these services. Um, Yeah, not yet. Not yet. And and stuff like... um, you know, I want to watch, uh, Silicon Valley. I want to watch Veep. I want to watch some of these HBO shows. And I frankly am not prepared to spend, uh, whatever it is, $80, $100 a a month to, um, sign up to Foxtel, which, which has complete exclusivity over this content. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, I'm I'm fascinated in media business models and so I, I tend to think um, and ponder about these sort of things but uh, I, I'm also a frustrated viewer and, and just wonder how long a company like that can kind of hoard content, charge a, a total exorbitant premium for them and, and expect
0: that we'll put up with that. I, I think we'll see not the last gasp but certainly their last attempt at getting it right with... Uh, their pre-warned um, reshuffling or reshaping, recreation of their Foxtel Play service that is coming. I uh, we, yeah,
1: I, no. I gather. I, ga- I gather they're going to have a, a, a crack at it. Um, I mean, they've got a um, they've got a stake in Presto, and and you know Presto's number three by a big distance by um, country mile, by country mile, and and so it's not working. Um, Which is, you know, it should work because their library is actually probably the best of the three in many ways. Um, And you would think they would be able to make that work.
0: Yeah, the problem is that they make the Presto content when it filters out of the Foxtel environment. So it's, it's... Like it's the clearly it's the second right second round right stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So that absolutely they do have Veep, they do have Silicon Valley, but they've only got season one of or season two maybe of, of Silicon Valley. They've only got the first three seasons of Veep, and we're up to we finished season five this year for goodness for
1: sake. for sure. And because because their their business model is is to protect the uh, the mothership to to protect Foxtel, um, and that's just it's just going to have diminishing returns. I mean, and if if I can't pull this stuff up on my uh, Chromecast um, via my telephone in a matter of seconds and pay $10 a month for it, then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not advocating that, that you would uh, use illegal means, but, but clearly the data would suggest that that's what the most, the vast majority of people are doing and, and, and there is an element of that where they have no one to blame but themselves.
0: Getting, getting things like Netflix and, and Stan, even Presto to a lesser degree, up and running in Australia has certainly helped. Uh, however, you're right, there's still a, a large uh, library of content that is lacking. Uh, I mean, I can think of... Um, I think it's a Showtime series, The Man in the High Castle, yep. which I am desperately wanting to see over here because I've only managed to see bits of it when I was in the States. And I... I personally choose to not do any of the things that allow me to see it otherwise. Um, good, good for you. So, but That's just me. I'm not going to push that on anybody else. Um, but it means that I'm here going, when are we going to see it? When are we going to see it? And I keep you know, talking to, to Stan who have a deal with Showtime and they're like, yeah, but that's not in the deal because of other reasons and blah, blah, blah. It's like, Oh God, this is just, <sighs> I know you guys are hamstrung as well. And then you look at Netflix, who are now talking about global deals when they, they sign up uh, content and those sorts of things. But there's still an awful lot that hasn't quite made it into the Australian library yet. Uh, so it, it's just there's going to be another one of those dynamic, radical kind of mind shifts that's either going to force it or someone will do it and force the rest of them. And I think... We'll all be better for it when that happens.
1: Uh, yes, I mean that's true. But but you know, similar to journalism, it's absolutely in flux, and and they they are trying to balance, and I have sympathy. They're trying to balance, uh protecting a model that they know works. Still, I mean it still works to some degree, and and has worked for a long time. uh, versus. Trying to catch up to where the viewer is and and the audience is and how people actually want to consume this stuff. Trying to do both of those things and balance both of those things, protect the balance sheet, but be in the market where people want them to be. Um, yeah. It's not easy. Um, it's it's not easy. And and you know the other thing is we are uh, uh, you know the only the only reason HBO makes Game of Thrones is because it has the money to do so. Um, if we're not prepared to pay for this stuff, given the opportunity, then uh, they're not going to be able to um, uh, spend lavish amounts of money on creating a show like that. So, um, you know, we're, it's it's all in flux, and then it's fascinating. Again, I I'm a nerd when it comes to this sort of stuff, media models and 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 digital transformation. Um, I'm a frustrated consumer, but I I have sympathy for. Uh, the difficulty of the shift.
0: Yes, entirely, uh, and I'm right there with you. What are you going to achieve in the next twelve months?
1: Personally, professionally, um, I mean, from a professional point of view, I, you know, we have an enormous challenge at Crikey to. Uh, to to grow our product in an increasingly competitive marketplace um, we um, and, and 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 that's probably uh, you know gotten harder rather than easier um certainly the market has become much more crowded and and when you have a, a product uh, you know a, a pretty a uh, well done product like the Guardian that that is giving away its content for free that has a newsroom that's uh, you know three or four times the size of ours. Um, trying to kind of compete against that is a real challenge. We think we do a better job in a, in in some areas, in a lot of areas, and and uh, and creating a point of difference in the market, creating a, a content that. We can put a value on and people are prepared to pay for it. Um, you know, we do that pretty well, but we need to grow. We need to grow the business and that's my challenge. I have an, a great team of people helping me, but um, that is that is my challenge to uh, kind of re-engage the market and, and make our case for why this is a product that you need every day, that it is essential if you are a connected savvy Australian and uh, and why you actually have to pay for that
0: excellent any 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 goals personally <laughs> um, uh
1: look i I mean I would love to um to see more of the world but but that's sort of the goal every year and and I can't really complain given that I uh, I took six months off last year for um, the sort of gap year that I never had um, yeah and traveled uh, for the whole time for, for six months and and saw things that I'd wanted to see my whole life um, the, which was fantastic but the problem is that you you the bug doesn't actually go away it doesn't kind of sate you. Um, It just makes you want to do more of it. So um, I um, try to balance the work with uh, the the seeing more of the world is is always the sort of personal goal. But I'm I'm not not alone there. Hey, Jason. Yes.
0: Thank you so much for the chance to speak with you today. Please know the things that you said are very special and you're highly valued. My friend, thank you so much. That's very
1: kind of you to say. I'm, I'm, I'm flattered that you would think I'm interesting enough to talk to, and uh, and I really appreciate it.
0: Well, I can tell you that this forty-seven eight minutes could have gone on for a whole bunch longer. It's, uh, it's the discipline of me trying to not let it go for two hours. Well, that's
1: that's um, very kind. And and uh, I, 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 as a podcast listener, I, I think um, you're going to test my patience for more than an hour. So uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the
0: discipline. Thank you. That. You obviously you're clearly a person that is want to tweet from time to time. Are there other social accounts that you would want people to know about?
1: Oh, look, probably not. Given given that um, my Instagram is pretty uh, pretty dull, and I'm I'm not <laughs> uh, I'm not one of these fancy journalists who has the public Facebook account either. So um, no, look, Twitter Twitter is your best bet, um, and and the one I kind of put the most effort into so uh do do follow me at the town crier
0: there may also be some kind of news product uh, that you'd want people to check out as well i'd imagine
1: look there is um i as i say i i think um i think what we're doing at crikey is uh is something that might have some value to your life so uh please do check it out please take out a trial. Uh, you can read everything on Crikey for free, and you can do that for three weeks. In fact, that's uh, that's how good an offer that is. Um, see if you like it, um, and then and then hopefully you stick with us.
0: What a great offer! A- what's better than free? Uh, Nothing not much. Indeed. Although you can always pay me to read it, but that seems counterproductive.
1: Yeah, well, speaking of business models, I haven't figured that one out yet,
0: but uh, I will come back to you. This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at the town crier is indeed human. I wonder that
1: sometimes, so the confirmation is much appreciated.